0: everyone welcome back to Linga Brutalica with me Jess Bernie-Smith and my co-host Wes Robertson. Hello. Uh, In this episode today we're talking with Carl Bean who is both the guitarist and lyricist for Undeath uh, speaking to us all the way from New York. Hi Carl.
1: How are you? I'm doing well thank you both for having me on I'm very excited.
0: (laughs) Thanks for being here. (laughs) Uh, So just to start us off uh, would you mind just describing Undeath's music for someone who's potentially never heard it before?
1: Well, we play death metal, uh, like nineties ass death metal, just pretty regular, not too crazy. No, like no prog parts, no like fretless bass, pretty just, uh, just riffs, riffs and vocals and, uh, choruses.
2: Is that the uh, style of music that you first got into when you were first got into metal or how did you kind of get into a place where you wanted to produce that kind of, uh, like modern take and kind of a classic sound?
1: Well, I got into metal a long time ago. Uh, I, like, even as a little kid, like, 9, 10, I grew up listening to, like, new metal and stuff with my mother. Um, and then I got into death metal uh, through World of Warcraft uh, when I was, like, <laughs> pretty young, like, 13. Yeah, just some like, dude in my guild was, like, you need to, like, check out. He's like, oh, you, like, uh like, disturb and shit. He's, like, you need to check out at the Games. So that's, like, how it all sort of started from there. And I, I guess, like, really like Slaughter of the Soul is a super like pop oriented like death metal album so I think that probably does have something to do with that but. was um... there anything, no oh. oh, go ahead. No no go ahead Jess.
0: I was going to say is there anything specific that drew you to like death metal as opposed to other sub genres of metal?
1: Well when I started on death with uh, our drummer Matthew um, I mean it still is like really what we're both into but that's what we uh, what we kind of bonded over when we First, like started hanging out and jamming and shit. And that was probably like four years ago. And you know, like death metal is still like pretty popular right now and shit. So I don't know, it just like uh worked out that we both are really into the new stuff and the old stuff. And it, I mean, there's never really like a question of what our band was going to sound like, I guess. Like we kind of mm-hmm. just jammed and we were like, This is cool, like we're gonna just keep doing shit like this, and try to get better at it.
2: So when you were first getting into death metal or even back in your new metal days, did you pay much attention to lyrics? Was that part of it that interested you at all?
1: yeah totally because like i've uh i was like a choir kid and shit um you know like in uh, oh i'm sorry can i swear on this podcast yeah, absolutely like, yeah totally yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna ask cool. i mean
2: we're gonna ask you questions about swear words that you use so yeah cool cool cool
1: um so yeah i mean lyrics were definitely not necessarily that i was like paying attention to like the format of the lyrics and like how you know like rhyme schemes and like Meter and shit like that, but I was just like really into like singing along to like songs because I was like a singer and still am, I guess. So, yes and no.
0: Was there anything about those lyrics that you found particularly, you know, appealing, like their content or the delivery? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, you know, it's like I guess delivery is like singer to singer, and there are definitely singers who have always like I'm sure they stick out to everyone as people who have like awesome delivery, like Rob Helford or like King Diamond like mm. corpse grinder you know like people who just like i don't think that someone else like could do their jobs as like a singer but um but back in the day like i don't know like when you're a kid you know like i feel like you hear a line of lyrics and like the vibe of the lyrics like really sticks out kind of and uh at the gates really like a lot of his soul does have like badass fucking lyrics so i don't know i do like i like the lyrics that rhyme for sure okay that's important
2: mm-hmm. what, what what why do you like uh like what about rhyme is enjoyable to you or why do you why do you feel yourself drawn to that especially given that like it's all you know sometimes scream to a level where you can't even necessarily hear that you're rhyming so true dude absolutely uh i don't know i just feel like i
1: don't necessarily love like poetry style lyrics that are like uh you know, like, uh, it could be, like, a text separate from the music. I'm more into, like, uh, just stuff that flows really well and, like, fits the vibe of the riffs and, like, mm. like, tells a, a story, like, in a way. I mean, like, it can be a story or cannot be a story, Uh, but, like, just got to be, like, consistent in the song itself, I guess. Like, if it's, like, a self-referential song or something like that, I don't know, but,
2: you know, I don't know. So when you were checking all this stuff out, did you, like, develop a sense of like what metal lyrics are about or like kind of what makes lyrics metal or do you not feel that there is any kind of boundary on that
1: no actually I was just thinking about this today because I listened to the year uh, episode with the with uh, Mr. Inferi and uh I can't remember his name unfortunately that's off my head Stevie, but, uh, yeah. Stevie, yeah. yeah yes yes but uh you know and that's a really interesting question like does i think you asked him can you differentiate between lyrics without the music lyrics that are metal and not metal Mm -hmm. and i definitely think yeah like they're definitely like what's more metal than talking about like gore shit or like you know brutality whatever etc but i feel like even some of the most brutal bands like defeated sanity doesn't really necessarily have lyrics like that so i don't know but uh i definitely do think there is something that makes lyrics metal and the delivery of the lyrics like this like there's just gotta be certain cadence to like make the vocals like heavy like the rhythmic like sort of it like part of it i don't know
3: Mm.
1: i'm not sure if that makes sense yeah yeah
0: i think we get you so you've talked about what you do like in metal lyrics what about what you don't like is there anything that really kind of turns you off metal lyrics
1: uh yeah honestly like songs that have a lot of lyrics not that, mm. like, you oh, know, okay. having... Interesting. But, like, a huge list of, like, like a novel-length song. I'm not really into that sort of thing. Oh, I'm not, not saying I'm not, because I do love bands that do that. I'm just saying, personally, I never have written like that. Like, I've always been more of, like, a shorter, like, a middle-length song writer, mm. like, two, three and a half minutes, four tops, I'd say, really. And uh, most of my shit has always been, like, verse, chorus, bass.
2: I don't know when we got um, the uh, promotion email for this album. Actually, there was a quote. I don't I wasn't sure if it was for you, but you're actually saying that like with this new album, you wanted to really, really kind of hone in on that kind of verse chorus structure. Is that something that you feel also kind of works with your writing style? Like, do you like that kind of uh, sort of set working within that kind of set of restrictions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, when we started on death, that, that was something that I was trying to get away from a little bit with my writing, which is like the first few demos and stuff. Like there's not really like a verse chord structure to songs at all. They're pretty linear. Sometimes they would repeat or like start with the, the same or start with a riff and then end with the same riff, but like heavier or something like that to tie it together. But yeah, I really wanted to move more toward like a, an identifiable uh, and relatable song structure. like. It doesn't always necessarily have to be verse-chorus, you know, verse-chorus, bridge, victory lap, chorus, and, or anything. Like, it, it, there's totally variations you could have with that. But uh, I think that it's just a little more effective, and especially when you start playing live a lot as a band, which we have done now, just kind of, like, cooler to play, like, songs on stage. I don't know. I just think it goes over better with the crowd. Everyone kind of likes it more. I like it more. So we're just doing what we want, but, you know, but yes, yes, we're definitely trying to do that.
0: So how do you get to that stage? Like what's the process, right, of writing lyrics for songs that you do intend to have that kind of very clear structure?
1: So weird because it's never the same. That's still like just how we used to do. I mean, uh, I mean, the, so the single that just came out, Rise From The Grave, I'd say it's probably our most, you know, like. Uh, song that's like like structured like a like a pop song and uh the vert, the chorus riff for that song the part where we literally say it's time to rise from the grave came about after most of the song was already written i'm not sure i don't think that i necessarily had vocals done for all the song but um but yeah that was written after the other parts of the song and then it all it was just like oh like obviously it needs to go sort of like it's time <laughs> i don't know uh and also like subject matter of like the songs I feel like just kind of depends on like what the riffs sound like just kind of get a vibe and do the subject matter
2: So you do usually lyrics after the song is written not before? Um not well yes I don't think I've ever
1: necessarily penned maybe I've penned like ideas mm. that lyrics could be about but I've never because to me the lyrics have to this is why I like to do them because when I'm writing a song, the lyrics come with it. Like, I've, I've never had a song that's finished just waiting for lyrics. Oftentimes, I'll have several riffs that could go together and be a song, but they, I can never, uh, like, solidify, a, like, um, repetition, like, how many times the riffs need to repeat and everything. Until there are lyrics, like until mm. like I know, you know, like oh, this verse isn't going to be too long, or like there's not going to be too many lines, or blah, blah blah like shit like that. So it's just like a they go together, you know, like the writing of the riffs and the lyrics and the structuring and all that sort of stuff.
2: So would it be kind of like you never start a song with lyrics, but you also never finish the song before the lyrics are involved in some way? Is that kind of absolutely, yeah, okay, absolutely.
0: right. And are there any, like, complications involved in writing lyrics that you don't actually sing yourself? Like, we were wondering, is there a bit of, like, back and forth between yourself and Alexander, the vocalist? Like, does he change things once you've written them or does he just kind of adopt them wholesale? Well,
1: I do definitely try to, like, be conscious of, uh, like, physical limits of a human. (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, I'm not going to give him like, you know like nonstop. that would be crazy but uh no i mean we do definitely like i'll show him the lyrics and then you know if, if he's not into something we'll change it or work on it like sometimes we just like change a couple words or something like that but for the most part i mean no it's like we just kind of go over it and they're not like too crazy technical or anything so i like to try to have the the band part you know like the the string section and the drums and stuff learned and then we'll bring alex in and i'm just like this is how it goes like let's run this first couple times and shit and we'll just get it down um yeah it's it's pretty easy it's pretty streamlined at this point too
2: so he's never been like i don't want to sing about that i'm not gonna not interested i don't
1: i don't think so i think we're all pretty on the same page about like what not that uh we're limited in what we can sing about but what Mm. an undead song you know should be about like i don't know not gonna write a song about eating candy gumdrops but also (laughs) not gonna write a song about like brutally murdering women or something weird you know what i mean so i mean Mm. we like to keep it fantasy and keep it gore and shit but not like too brutal so i don't know
0: Well, given that you've mentioned that, like something we also wanted to ask about because of the content of your lyrics is, uh, you know, how you see yourself relative to the lyrics. Because, you know, a lot of um, research on metal has basically suggested that uh, metal lyricists tend to take a lot of distance from their lyrics, particularly when the content of those lyrics is, you know, generally considered to be taboo. Um, What's your take on this?
1: Yeah, uh, well, personally, I can't speak for anyone else, but I would say that. Yeah, there's a fair bit of distance. I mean, they're basically like, I mean, I'm not trying to distance myself from them because I don't think that they're good, right? Like, I'm like mm. not ashamed of them or anything. I think that they're totally good and like our songs are good and vocal parts are good and shit. And our lyrics, like I said, like, I think that actually I don't necessarily have to distance myself too far from the lyrics because they aren't like Chris Barnes lyrics off of the bleeding or something. Sure. Like I mean. Yeah. So um and i mean yeah it is like fucking mad goofy to write about like skeleton armies and shit but also as long as it's like delivered seriously and like well and executed well uh, it's like i don't know if you really even need to distance yourself necessarily especially bands who write about more serious shit like you know what i mean so i don't
2: know but i mean do you consider like the lyrics to be in gen like speaking very very generally are they just kind of a fantasy or are there elements of like like not 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 yourself isn't like you know i actually want to hit someone in the head with an axe kind yeah, of thing? But sure, sure, like sure. is there when you write the song is there any kind of personal connection to what you're saying at all be it like this is an emotion i'm expressing or this is a story that's a metaphor for something or is it all just like horror kind of play
1: well it depends on the song Okay. Uh, frankly some songs are much more serious and grounded in reality that's even close like lesions of different kind is like just a song about like a crazy guy with a fucked up face who so like keeps people in a pen but also mm-hmm. like the song title legions of different times just like a goofy thing that i used to say about like my eczema so like, some <laughs> shit is, like you know like some shit is sort of like a uh, little bit reality based but mm. Mostly, yeah, fantasy, horror, just like, they're like, you know, funny stories, so. Okay.
2: Hmm. Well, actually, that's kind of, so we're, we're, one of the reasons, besides that, you know, we just like your music and wanted to chat with you, we're actually really quite excited because uh, for some reason, you know, this is not our, we've done almost 20 interviews now, and you're somehow the first band that we've talked to that actually does the gore thing. Like, you know, some of the bands have references to, to violence. Uh, you know, you mentioned In uh, you know, Archspire. They, they have like a little bit, but you're the first one that does kind of like the, the axe murderer stories and stuff like that. So we kind of want to dig into this sort of theme. Um, and we just want to start kind of broadly. Why did you decide to have this kind of brutal murder, um, violence, et cetera, as kind of the lyrical theme that your band was going to be built around?
3: well uh
1: it didn't start like that honestly uh originally yeah like originally the very first demo uh which was 2019 the very first song we had written for the band was called unadorned coffin and i remember i thought it would be really cool to write lyrics that were like uh like low dark fantasy like exploring like a fucking shitty daggerfall dungeon and there's like (laughs) skeletons with swords and shields but not like really high fantasy wizard shit uh so, and i just like wrote a song about like a wooden coffin in a place that is just there it's not really any action uh and i thought those that like those kind of lyrics were cool and then we tried to do some like lovecraft lyrics on that one and it wasn't until the next demo that we did the same year uh on the song consumed then pursued um that was the first time I tried to write, like, gore song. Not, like, gore song, but it's a that song is about chasing people down, eating them, shitting them back out, and then eating them again. So it's kind of, like, a gross song. Uh, and it's yeah. just like <laughs> recycling, right? <laughs> I mean, how fucking funny is that, though? It's ridiculous, though. So. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we get to the LP, and, like, yeah, the first lyric of the album is, like, here's my fucking axe. So, and I put it in your head. So I don't know, you know, it's, how did we get there? I can't write about aliens too much because then you're just an alien band. And (laughs) I don't, I don't think that like, I don't know. I, I have no idea. It's just like, uh, sometimes it really fits the tonality of the song and like the speed of the song. Like, uh, sometimes it just makes sense.
0: Okay. So when you're writing like these stories of gore and violence, how do you decide how much detail to give like because we notice that it varies a little bit across the different songs right so like on suitably Hacked to gore that you just mentioned you have phrases like you know here's my fucking axe I put it in your head, which are pretty straightforward right, uh, but there's also lines like futile legless attempt to at escape which discusses the aftermath of acts of violence that you haven't actually specifically described. Likewise, on the new album, you have Necrobionics. Specifically, Detail's crude metals jammed into sockets while enhancing the dead is more vague, you know, in mentioning just uh, attaching metal to flesh or beginning with a corpse and ending with machine. Is there a level of detail that you think is, like, just right? Like, how do you decide for different songs, like, what's the appropriate amount of detail to go into?
1: Well, uh, honestly, I never go into too much, like, detail because I'm not, like, a thesaurus, like, open... Mm -hmm. lyric writer frankly Mm -hmm. i'm not like the viscerous tearing i like i can't even think of a huge fucking textbook metal words right now i'm too big but i like uh not too much detail right uh some left up to the imagination is good you know like robert jordan like wheel of time never writes about like fuck up poor shit happening but it happens but in like game of thrones it's like always like right on display full front Mm -hmm. and uh which i like that shit too i am just not really i'm not sick and twisted enough i don't think so um and so yeah it, it does vary song by song so like so like enhancing the dead and acrobionics actually are part of the same like lyrical undeath universe i guess you could say mm. and and enhancing the dead is a way more like overarching sort of narrative, like, story to it. You know, it's not really getting into any details at all. It's just sort of being, like, everyone's dead. The zombies killed them. (laughs) Uh, And then at the end of the song, like, the zombies launch away from Earth and then take the fight beyond. I think that's what the lyric is. And then uh, Necrobionics though, is literally just about, like, the process of being uh, adapted into the into the skeleton army uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, like, talking about metal lyrics is goofy but so you know what i mean like uh it just it does really just depend on the song and uh depends on the verse and how the how the riff sounds uh-huh. you know like a really fast and like aggressive riff i feel like maybe demands more like aggressive lyrics and like vocal patterns uh-huh. and delivery and shit like that versus uh not to get too far ahead but like human human chandelier on the new record is Mm. i don't want to talk about too much because it won't be out but uh it doesn't sound like other songs and so it's (laughs) not a super violent it's not a super violent song it's a pretty like methodical song and uh just like relatively chill so i don't know you know
2: you mentioned you know that the metal earth can be kind of silly and and yeah they they can and you know, when, when they are silly, they can be kind of fun. But is there, is there like a, um, is there a line that like, can, when, if it's crossed, they're no longer kind of silly. And they just like, even for someone that likes metal, they're just kind of like unpleasant. Is there, is there something for you that like, do you, have you ever written anything where you've gone back and been like, uh, eh, it's a bit too far and kind of pulled it back? Is that, is like, does that happen? A bit
1: too far in like the silly direction. Um, oh, or, yeah, or but-
2: in the other direction too. Yeah
1: yeah i definitely have edited uh a lot of the times like you know uh, i'll just try to have like an idea of especially okay so like let's say the chorus comes first then it's like i feel like the verses just need to like explain what the chorus is about kind of and, mm-hmm. or like but uh yeah i don't know uh not really i uh honestly typically i don't even have to like go back and like do a lot of rewriting and shit uh i'll just try to do that in the session you know just like pound it out really fast Mm -hmm. if i'm feeling sort of inspired get it done and then uh come back to it later and normally it's it's good
2: well for these topics though um you know you you have things that for instance wouldn't be say welcome at like uh, you know average dinner table kind of uh lyrics like we we've talked about violence and mutilation uh fiend for corpses references uh consumption and sexual acts with dead bodies uh human chandelier which you mentioned is about the construction of a human chandelier um so in the abstract of course these are all shocking and offensive topics uh but obviously you're performing them in metal spaces for metal audiences so i guess like when you write this is is being shocking or being offensive your goal at all or kind of what's the the impact that you hope the the discussion of these topics has for your listeners especially the listeners that that go back and actually read the lyrics well like you
1: just said we do play them in metal spaces and i think in my head like uh, i'm not even really thinking about like being shocking or anything in my head i'm just like writing it for myself to like listen to or like other people who enjoy the kind of music you know I I don't really think that it would I don't think that a song about like eating and banging a dead body is necessarily really that shocking for most people that listen to death metal so Mm. I don't Mm. you know what I mean like it's not uh, it's not like cerebral raw like we're not writing about eating poop I think that's way more shocking and disgusting (laughs) (laughs) I mean I guess like to use their own but uh I don't know so I I don't know. Um, Not really. Not not really trying to be, like, shocking. Not even really trying to have, like, I don't, not trying to say that the lyrics are, like, extremely boneheaded and, like, uh, one-dimensional, because I don't feel like they are, but I also don't necessarily think that they're, like, uh, conversation-worthy. Maybe.
0: Is there any like subject matter then that you think um, you would prefer to avoid? Like you mentioned earlier, for instance, that you wouldn't write songs about like murdering women or something like that, right? So, is there anything that you think kind of trespasses into the area of being like too offensive and not enjoyable anymore that you just yeah wouldn't write about
2: for a metal audience? I think again. so.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. I definitely think so. I think that like, I mean, yeah, Fiend for Corpses* is like about that shit, but. Uh... Like, the main hook, like, the chorus doesn't really, like, have too much like, brutality. I don't know. To me, what what really nothing is really too over the top I don't think, okay? But mm-hmm. you're right. Like, there's shit that we wouldn't write about. Like, we're not gonna write about, like, being racist. We're not racist. Like, we're not gonna write about killing women. We're not, like, dumb misogynists. We're not gonna, like, um, I don't know. But, like, on the field, like, the playing field of, like, writing goofy horror, horror stories and shit, like, I don't really think so and as long as like the the lyrics are good and like they flow and like they rhyme and like they're they're fine and like they fit the bars you know like they fit like the riffs really well and shit mm-hmm. then uh then to me it's it's it wouldn't be too grating you know like if it's just nonstop brutality relentlessly i guess it could probably be pretty freaking grating for the mind
2: is there something about like a level of realism that's involved? Cause you mentioned like, you know, racism and, and violence against women, which are things that metal fans have probably experienced. Whereas eating a corpse or being a corpse that's eaten is, is probably low on the, you know, <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah. Regular <laughs> for experience. From yeah. Further removed from reality. Is there like, I know you know, we talked earlier about like you had the sci-fi kind of pair of songs about modifying corpses that fly. Again, not a, not a day-to-day experience. Um, even within the metal scene is, is like the, the level of realism part of this more than just the, the gore do you think is is there a like once you start talking about things people do kind of experience in their actual lives does that actually make it a bit more uncomfortable than than the level of detail you're giving
1: yeah Yo, i think that actually you're making a great point i think that uh for sure as long as it's super fantastical it just doesn't fucking matter mm. like like i don't want to write about shit that's really real and gritty like I guess we could, I don't know but like if this doesn't really seem like it's us like we're like we're a pretty fantasy oriented band, whether it be, you know high low fantasy or sci fi or what have you but fantastical. Mm-hmm. so
0: well- Speaking of sci-fi fantasy, uh, beyond just the common discussions of gore across your songs, uh, there are a lot of tracks that do discuss, you know, mutilating or violating dead bodies to reform them, like be it into killing machines or household objects. Uh, so, what about this concept then? Makes it something that you find interesting to revisit and explore, particularly on the new album?
1: It's freaking scary.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that's the last thing I would want to happen to me. Like uh, our flex, our decibel flexi song we did, uh, demented dissection of course is like mm, uh well let me see if i can find the lyrics so i don't mess them up uh i don't know you know it's just like something i would really really not want to happen to me and like uh one thing that hasn't come up yet but like super inspired by like video games and shit and like uh you know like video games always have like such fucked up gore, like dead space like i remember Mm -hmm. when i was a kid those sort of monsters made like a huge impression on me and like i've always been a huge wild player i'm a big fan of like how warcraft universe sort of like represents the undead especially that one because they're not too like gory and shit or fucked up but like they are in a bit so i'm trying to find the lyrics to the to my own song but i uh (laughs) i'm really having trouble and i am sorry i
2: I have them here if you want to uh which which track was it
1: uh dimented dissection off the new album it is a decibel flexi song it's like a one-off well i think i remember them if you can't pull, pull them off but uh that's That one's, like, really about what we're talking about. Like, you die. Someone has your body, unfortunately. And they're, like, fucking it up. And it's, like, now I'm going to, like, make you into the most twisted, deformed thing. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just fucked up and kind of scary. So I think writing death metal songs about fucked up, scary shit is the right way.
2: Uh, So, actually, it's kind of um, interesting because we've had a few interviews where people have talked about singing about – like the desecration of corpses because they're kind of actually personally a bit uncomfortable with it. Mm. Uh, is there like, uh, it, I've never actually thought about it kind of in this way until you mentioned it, but is there a part of writing about these kind of things as a way to work through personal fears? Is that, is that like.
1: Maybe, I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely think that you're right. It is a little bit uncomfortable and weird. And uh, maybe that's just, maybe it's just fun. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm working through, I mean, I guess, I'm not too really afraid of being like uh, kidnapped, murdered, dismembered, and turned into a rocket launching zombie, though, unfortunately. No. But I mean, I am a guess, uh, no one wants to die. Well, at least I don't right now, so Mm -hmm. I (laughs) (laughs) I guess just like the whole subject matter of death metal is just like people being like, damn, dying would suck.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so generally speaking, we notice that uh, we know when you write your lyrics, they're often written from a first-person perspective, wherein you know, the singer is you know, the I or me in the song and is generally kind of committing acts of violence against somebody else. Uh, so eight of the 10 tracks in your first album take this approach and five of the 10 songs on your second album do as well. So we're wondering, like, what draws you to this sort of I commit violence against you structure?
1: Well jeez i'm like really being psychoanalyzed i'm just kidding (laughs) um well i gotta be real with you guys like the lyrics come like i like i said i don't do a lot of editing and i just kind of like you know i'll just hit a point where i'm just like man this fucking part needs like lyrics or this song needs lyrics i'm just gonna Mm. get them done I'll like smoke a bowl and drink a cup of coffee and like just (laughs) crank them like write them so i don't really think about it too much like uh The perspective and stuff some songs definitely that's like a more important part but um honestly i just kind of think that writing songs from a first person perspective is more engaging for like a audience reader and listening reader and it's like you know if you're like in the head of like like what's going on i feel it's just like more energy like you kind of get like more vibes i don't know uh sick (laughs)
2: <laughs> have you ever discussed this with your singer at all like do, do they prefer yeah. um singing from a perspective where they can like kind of manifest the the like be part of the story that they're telling or has that never come up
1: no it's never actually really come up uh, i've never we've never really talked about it but honestly i think that it probably like makes him like sing hard as hell too right on stage mm-hmm. like he's like singing lyrics and he's like i i i mean me, me uh I don't know. That's there's got to definitely be some sort of like uh psychological element to that though. You're definitely right.
0: But like embodying the character or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and just like fucking I mean, yeah, like you got to go up on stage and like yell into a microphone for like mm. 30 40 minutes. Like it's kind of hard work, so you got to get like blood pumping and shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah.
2: Well, you mentioned um on one of the tracks uh the legions of legions of a different kind that the I kind of was know, like in a distant way you because of uh, eczema etc is this something that happens sometimes too that you actually do write down i and you think oh this is me
1: no no almost never that one was definitely an exception um mm. i mean i can't say that i've never like not written a song where i'm like pissed off and then the song is like not about like killing people that would be kind of weird but like uh like you know you feel like a little you don't have very much like uh the hell is the word like agency or something in your life so you're like mm-hmm. a frustrated song or something i'm sure that like fucking mad emo kids do that like everyone probably <laughs> does that shit i feel like writing metal lyrics isn't too different than like just writing other lyrics except for yeah like the subject genre has to be a little more or subject matter i should say has to be a little more metal up but well yeah no never really the I is not me or anything like that no nah.
0: Well, speaking of like who the eye represents, what we found kind of interesting is that like on your first album, you have one track uh, chained to reeking rotting uh, body, where the eye is the victim rather than the perpetrator of the violence. And um Yeah, you have a reference um, to, like, a collar pulling on my tired neck. So Hunters Will Surely Catch Me Now. Uh, And even on the new album, this perspective is slightly more common. Um, So in songs like Defiled Again, uh, there's the eye losing their mind. And Necrobionics begins with uh, Chopped in Half But I Can't Feel It. Anesthesia is tricking my brain into life. And Head splattered in Seven Ways involves the singer asking someone to just kill me. So what motivated you to increase your exploration of these scenes where the singer's um, actually taking on the role of a victim rather than the perpetrator of violence?
1: Well, just kind of like subconsciously, probably just trying not to like write the same songs about like the same shit over and over, because that is definitely something that we try not to do. I try not to like repeat the same riff ideas and like lyric ideas and vocal ideas and even uh, it's easier to do on a four song EP than it is on a 10 song album, but I try not to even have like the same key like over and over in like songs and shit. But, um, so I think it comes more from like a musical standpoint of just like wanting the songs to kind of be different and shit, but uh, also because being a victim of uh unspeakable acts of violence would suck and it's like kind of scary <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, also the defiled again one yeah he's like reading this book he like can't stop reading the book and he's like going psycho uh suck for him um so yeah i guess he is like the victim um and geez what was i'm sorry what was the first song that you mentioned
0: uh uh chained to a reeking rotting body
1: right yes i did want to talk about that because Interesting tidbit. There is actually going to be another chunk of lyrics for that song that I left oh. out in which oh. the bot the uh the person, the victim person running away from everyone was going to realize they were gonna look at the body finally that was chained to them and it was actually gonna be them. Then the song was gonna end. It didn't oh, make okay. any sense. Oh, that's always funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. no that's a uh, that's a cool it's like a little uh i think it's like a lovecraft like a story that has that yeah a little twist
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly so uh but honestly i was just like it didn't really make any fucking sense and uh and uh, also i just didn't really like the vocal part i can't remember which riff it was over but i just remember it didn't really fit that good and so uh scrapped it but um yeah that was definitely the first one i think that's probably the most like uh one like the most urgent like song we have of like you know we're like actively being chased it's not like about something that's already happened or like just describing something uh i would like to do more songs like that i think i think it was pretty cool and i i also like that intentionally the song is like short and linear like Mm -hmm. you are just you know running through a just going not stopping so uh, that's true i like that one i would like to do another song like that one but
0: next next time <laughs> well speaking of victims it's interesting to note that sometimes the victim um, or you know the uh, violent actor is referred to as we would assume like a generic you uh as in songs like "Hack to gore um, or shackles of insanity but in other cases this person is referred to as an apparently more specific he uh like in songs like uh entranced by the pendulum and uh, kicked in the protruding guts How do you decide uh, to either use a more generic or more specific second or third person reference in those cases?
1: Uh, It's been a while since I jotted, you know, jotted those lyrics Mm. down. So I, I honestly can't say why. Well, the pendulum one, I believe that song has multiple act like uh, characters in it. Mm. Like uh, Mm there is, there's the guy on the pen, the table getting chopped by the pendulum, and then there's the guy watching mm-hmm. or yeah. doing the, you know whatever so uh i don't know i feel like maybe i just felt like i needed to kind of make sure to differentiate like uh, between the two guys i guess just a generic key is not a very good way to do that i don't know probably just because i'm stupid that's why <laughs> <laughs> um and on shackles of sanity is like, uh, I feel, I think that song is mostly from first person, except for maybe when he's referring, the character of the thing is referring to this other insane voice he's hearing that he can't yeah. see. Hmm. Um, and he might refer to that as like a he or something. I can't quite remember. I'm sorry, you, I should have I pulled all so. these up. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I'm i not sure. I don't, it's not too conscious, but now that I've been on this podcast with you guys, I think that I'm going to have to really pay attention
0: we get that a lot we're glad we're making
2: we're we're making contributions to to the craft uh just kind of broadly speaking outside of obviously including your music but outside of it um like why do you think metal fans enjoy music that like on paper talks about killing them like you know if somebody (laughs) and i ask this as a fan who listens to a lot of music about in theory the singer murdering me um you know, if somebody said something like this into me in the street, I'd obviously been comfortable with it. And weirdly enough, like, I don't think outside of metal, like if you had a, uh, I guess they do it in, in hip hop and rap a bit, but like if there was a pop song that's just like, I'm going to stick an axe in your throat. I, you know, it. I don't know if people would sing it at clubs and stuff, but for some reason yeah, in metal, yeah. we, we go to these shows and we have a, a person looking at us angrily and saying, you know, I'm going to eat your corpse. I'm going to chop you up into a chandelier and we're just like yeah i guess personally where do you is this is there something wrong with us like why do we find enjoyment <laughs> with with being told that we're going to be slaughtered and, and hacked to bits
1: well i don't know if i always imagine the uh you or whatever as myself when i'm listening frankly mm. it's weird because you know in like a I don't know. Why why do you why do cops some cops probably like listen to some heads are gonna roll by Judas Priest? You know, I, I don't know. Like I don't fucking know a lot of people do what they do. Uh I mean I such a I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. Maybe there is something wrong with this. I mean if you listen to the metal, there probably is fucking something wrong with this. <laughs>
2: um I don't know. I'm not sure. Is there like, I mean, is, no, I don't have to apologize. like, do we all just kind of have this filter, this kind of distance or like, I mean, have you ever listened to a song where they say you and you feel like it is directed at like us, the listeners?
1: I think so. I mean, like if it's like a pump up song or something, you know, like I don't really listen to too much pop music, but I'm sure that like Firework by Katy Perry is like, (laughs) you're a firework. Like I'm sure that everyone in the club is like, yes. I am the firework, right. Um, but in like uh, I don't know, and literally any cannibal corps song, like I don't mm-hmm. necessarily imagine myself getting murdered. Uh, so I don't I don't know. Um, I think that you know what, like when you just listen to metal music, like metal music versus like other kinds of music sort of is like a lifestyle music, you know, as I mean so like you're so like uh you're so conditioned in a way to like just not really give a fuck like i just don't think who cares. like i, I know alex isn't gonna kill me for, Like <laughs> I mean, have you looked at george fisher yeah he's not gonna kill you he won't be able to chase you i'm just kidding. that was not nice <laughs> no i have to edit that i don't know but uh like fucking yeah like metal singers are nerdy as hell like most people who play metal music are nerdy as hell takes a lot of hours to sit there on the guitar and like play and that's mostly a time that you're probably not fighting or stabbing
3: <laughs> or eating
1: corpses you know so mm. i don't know um yeah i just i just think that it's probably like uh, you're just totally what the hell is the word like when you're desensitized desensitized mm-hmm. desensitized to the lyrical violence mm.
0: That's interesting because you said that like you know a lot of the topics that you like to write about are topics that like make you scared and I wonder if like as listeners we also want to like hear stuff that makes us a bit scared like you know like you go to a horror movie because you want to feel that adrenaline rush of being a little bit scared right mm. so oh yeah, absolutely. yeah do you think like as much as we're desensitized we also want to get that rush of feeling like you know when you hear something that's a little bit confronting?
1: I think so and like I don't, I mean, yeah, like, you do definitely get more desensitized to it the more that you do, like, the first time you read "fuck up crazy lyrics is, you know, like, gonna be way more impactful than, like, the 15,000th time that you yeah. do, but yeah. also, like, sometimes you just hear something fresh, like, like, uh, you know what had a- fucking awesome lyrics that came out last year, I thought was um, the Stormkeep album, and, uh, like, just hearing a song with, like, raw sounding black metal vocals where he literally is saying the word wizards and like fucking keep and shit i'm like all right this is definitely definitely like more striking and shit than like i don't know gore lyrics to me have been in a while but i don't know i don't know
2: (laughs) (laughs) what about um like you do have some tracks and they they've kind of been increasing a little bit where there is no i at all uh like your first album has the song arch fiend coercion methods Uh, which has no I or me. And in the new album, uh, Rise from the Grave and Bone Rot both avoid the first person. Uh, Is this a style you've been experimenting with as well? Uh, Is there like a difference to your approach with this kind of storytelling or is this just kind of fit into that trying to keep it fresh thing that you mentioned earlier?
1: Well, uh, Rise from the Grave was like the first song that was written like that. And uh, I just kind of like the pure like fantasy, like narration standpoint, sort of um and bone rot actually it was written by our bassist tommy and alex i believe collaborated on the lyrics to that one and uh, i know that rise from the grave particularly like the lines about like forging steel for the dead and shit like that uh, were like pretty influential for that and like the Necrobionics line and and stuff uh um but and for, i can't really speak to exactly why or how Tommy and Alex um wrote the lyrics to that one. But yeah, it's it's also like a rising the grave kind of just like I feel like you're sort of looking at like a uh uh like a story map almost not like necessarily a super detailed out story but like you're like way zoomed out of it or something. I don't know.
3: Mm.
0: So there are also some places where it appears like you're attempting to inject some elements of humor, albeit, you know, very dark humor, but human nonetheless. A really blatant example is from Suitably Hacked to Boar, where you refer to expanding your mind a second time with a blade to the brain. Um, is it your intent to engage in, like, this kind of wordplay, um, you know, create puns, that, um, I suppose generate a more humoristic uh, tone?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that... Uh that's one of the more like sort of brutal like you know imagery parts like so i think that having some humor there uh it's kind of funny and i feel like a lot of people won't even like read the lyrics or even understand what the hell he's saying in that part Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me sorry so uh yeah i don't think that being a little funny is bad i mean we're not like a humorous band or anything but i do love a a good little easter egg or something uh on the song defiled again there is a rhyme which would not work as a rhyme unless alex so uh geez i should be way more prepared for this so the line is it ends on what i like to call a james hetfield rhyme okay that because, <laughs> yes so he says decimation of the derma's withering and edema clutching at my throat i can't look away uh away uh
3: oh, okay he doesn't say the <laughs> okay uh
1: part like it doesn't rhyme with edema you know what i mean so he's like mm. away yeah uh like it's not funny but i think that's fucking mad funny so i don't know
2: <laughs> i didn't realize until we mentioned it because i i read it without speaking it aloud but even like bone rots a pun right because it's rot as in rot from bone but it sounds like rot as in like rotting bones right so that's like i mean it's not haha joke but it is it is wordplay isn't it in a way
3: yeah
1: yeah yeah no totally totally i definitely think that was the intention of that for sure
2: so like have you had i mean this is a very kind of stereotypical uh kind of you know view but have have, like have you encountered that idea like metal can't be funny you know frowny face this is like is that is that something you see in the scene at all or or you just nah humor uh, i mean
1: uh it's totally different band to band for like every subgenre, i think but for the most part i think metal is does really take itself super seriously which isn't a bad thing at all i mean i think that's great uh um not that like the people themselves take themselves super mm-hmm. seriously seriously outside the music but you know like um i don't know uh honestly i think that was way more common maybe in like the 2010s like right after like uh I can't remember what the hell this freaking album is called for some reason it was like a huge album like 2010 and then uh i feel like everyone wanted to make like ultra reverb out like cavernous death metal and it was like super serious and like even if i feel like you were trying to fucking read along with the lyrics half the time you couldn't because there's like so much reverb and uh I don't know if that's necessarily the case now. I think, the, especially like song, you get some like bands that are a little bit more focused on being funny, like not funny, like. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like I don't know if you guys have heard the band Body Box, but like, uh, like they have a song that uh, it's about like you know the perils of cocaine addiction, which is a pretty serious subject matter. But also in the song, the fucking vocals are like, go 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 cocaine. <laughs> it's like hilarious it's so fucking funny so uh and it's like super heavy you know what i mean it's not like it's goofy it's not like the wiggles or some shit but it's still kind of funny i don't know i think i think that to me there needs to be like some element but it's different because like blood Incantation's not gonna have fucking elements of like humor i mean i sure. guess the whole idea of their band is humorous like they're writing songs about like fourth dimension interdimensional like fucking space demons that like feed off of negative energy
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and it's like all right i mean that's pretty funny bro i don't know what the hell you're talking about
0: So generally speaking, your uh, lyrics are like a reasonably straightforward style. So there's a lot of like single syllable words or terms that would be familiar to most speakers of English, right? So for instance, Kicked in the protruding Guts has 186 words and about 164 of them. So we're looking at about like 88% are one syllable long. Uh, is this a conscious approach that you take to writing?
1: Uh, well, just like I said, I'm not really like, I don't, probably not to anyway have just like a like a thesaurus open next to me or like a syllabus mm-hmm. or something to like well syllabus no is i definitely use a syllabus all the time it's very helpful but like having something to like look up like fucking for like uh i don't know and then, like yes it is but also it isn't i mean i i just it's not i'm not trying to be too pretentious like you are not not that i'm saying if you do write songs with like big words you're pretentious that's not what i'm trying to say at all but like you know i think like dylan walker from full hell like that dude will write songs that only have like eight syllable words and i'm like i don't really even know what any of these words mean and uh, i can't really even follow along which is dope i mean it totally works for him and them it's it's great so i'm not hating or anything but it's just not really us Mm. i don't think i like to keep it simple
0: do you consider, like, accessibility when you write? Like, do you want listeners or people that, you know, take the time to read the lyrics to be able to just immediately understand their content?
1: Uh, it's something that's come up more than in the beginning, but, mm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I don't want to, like, put all this work and shit into a song that, like, sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just can't fucking Understandable. hear something. Yeah, so, no, uh, accessibility, not that we're trying to, well, like, look, you know, like, the band could sound like last days of humanity and be like completely inaccessible even to like most metal listeners which that's just not what i want to do i like want to play music that like people can enjoy like that also like that i enjoy because i'm not listening to last days of humanity more than like once a year for the meme factor frankly so like i just want to write songs that i think are good and like Mm. have a good immediate hook really and uh I don't know. Yeah, it's like a little bit less, I feel like, of a traditional, at this point, like extreme metal approach to songwriting. But Mm. uh, I don't know. I've just been more into that sort of thing lately.
2: You mentioned a change. Um, Was was there something, like when the band first started, was this not kind of the way you thought about things?
1: No, no. uh, Well, I had no idea. Like, you know, when you start a band, it has no identity. It's like nothing. So really, we were just kind of putting together riffs and well, Alex wasn't even actually in... He came to the band probably about three or four months after we started, and uh, um, I mean, the, the vocals weren't really a huge part of the, the, the sound. Like, they were there. It's death metal. It's got to have growl vocals. Like, instrumental death metal is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds awful. I would not want to listen to that. Well, and there weren't even very many vocals. Like, there was, like, large chunks of songs where, like, it was just all about the riffs and the drumming and shit, like... And, uh... I don't know. Lots of death metal is like that, you know, like like uh, Faceless, Burial, and like Two Mold. Like they have vocals and shit, but there's long sections of their songs where like they're not singing. And those two bands, in particular, are not, in my opinion, seriously focused on like the like uh, making the vocals like a really like songy thing. They're pretty like ooh, oh, 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 you know what I mean, Just, like mm-hmm. the whole time. So. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to really work Alex's like uh, singing into the music more and, and what that means as like, death metal. I don't know. I've just been trying to explore it myself and, and figure mm. it out. Because, you know, I feel it'd be really easy to make that fucking cringy and, like, suck.
3: Mm. Mm.
1: So, I don't know. Just trying to do it a little better each release, I guess.
2: There are some cases, though, where you do kind of put some um, like larger words in. Like, on uh, Kicked, we mentioned, even though, in general, the the lyrics are general kind of one syllable, straightforward. There is uh, the word dissimulate, which uh, I had to look up, Uh, never seen it before. And on the new album, especially on like the science fictiony tracks about robot corpses that we mentioned, there's like anesthesia, uh, necrobionics, obviously ligaments, filaments, sepulchral supremacy, uh, Olsian creation. Uh, Is there an impact that you're looking for for the kind of this strategic use of larger words in particular medical terminology? Uh, Is there a reason they appear in higher quantity on certain tracks?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I did say I don't ever really do that shit, but, like, I mean, it just, like, really, yeah, it does depend on the track. Like, necrobonics is, like, a really down and dirty, like, to the nitty-gritty, nitty-gritty details of, like, what it would be like to be on a factory conveyor line of fucking robots and aliens that are, like, affixing weird shit to your body. I'm not sure either of you have ever played Quake 4. But there is a <laughs> uh, an easily YouTubeable scene called the strogification sequence where like you get turned into a strog. And they like remove your legs and arms and shit and attach like robot arms. It's like very that's how necrobiomics really came to be, mm. you know, it's like super inspired by that. So uh you know, and it's like if it's a song about that kind of shit, I feel like it needs to have sort of like uh, some medical terminology and and stuff like mm. that. Uh <laughs> i don't know but not like too ridiculous you know like i feel like anesthesia is a word like everyone's heard the word anesthetics before like it's uh so i don't know just kind of shit like that
2: so is there like like do certain lyrics do you think they match certain like um not metal themes but just like genre themes and like you can have a straightforward song about like you know hitting someone with an axe but if you're talking about sci-fi it needs to be a bit more like large is that is that kind of a thing that a feeling
1: yeah i think so i uh i think that like the way i would approach like writing about like elves and shit would be different (laughs) we don't we don't have any elf songs yet (laughs) but uh it's
2: still time yeah album three i look forward to the (laughs) album
1: yeah there we go yeah it's all about elves but uh no i don't know like fucking i just feel like the language you use when you write about like I feel like the subject matters like have a vibe and like words have a vibe, especially when they're connected into sentences. <laughs> I'm just talking about the English language right now, but like
2: yeah. you know yeah. what
1: I'm trying to say, I guess. Like no, no, um, do you,
2: what, yeah, what do you mean by vibe? Like
1: like Yeah vibe. Like uh vibe, like uh like an ambiance, like uh what the hell do you call it when you have like an association with something uh um, like a connotation, like there's a certain mm-hmm. connotation to like some words, especially in like, especially in what uh depends on what context they are being used, I suppose. But in like a death metal song, I think that certain words have like uh uh connotation to like different things. I don't know, I feel like uh, like medical terms definitely connotate to like court songs and shit like that. And if you're talking about like more like sci-fi shit you have to be thinking like you know maybe in the lyrical universe of the song it's like technology is a little bit more advanced so like you need bigger space words i I don't
0: know i'm
1: not really sure i don't know if i've ever thought about it this hard before
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's interesting you say that because like the way i read it like i do kind of get what you mean by there being like a different vibe that's generated by using like a different kind of collection of um like lexical items because in you know songs like um yeah like uh, necrobionics like we just use that as an example like i think a lot of the medical terminology makes the song feel a lot like scarier in a specifically clinical way that like other songs that you know don't have that kind of uh, medical terminology might also be scary but more in a like ax murderer kind of way does that make sense I don't know if that was your, yeah, is that absolutely. your intention at all yeah
1: yeah no it totally is well like uh all the like lyrical themes and shit this is like so weird and I don't know how to describe it further than just like the vibe of like the riffs and like that sort of thing like uh which don't it's not like they come out of nowhere and not like thin air or something but like mm-hmm. Maybe the uh, riff will be sort of similar to like a different song and that's just like a jumping off point is like, you you know, like you're thinking about this other song or something or like even just like you fucking, I feel like the riff from uh, Human Chandelier, the main chorus riff, which I'm not going to sing on the podcast because I don't want to ruin it, but <laughs> really just like spoke to me as something that it, it should be, you know, evil, but like a hoity-toity evil sort of, like mm-hmm. a rich person. And I was like, "Well, what's like rich shit? Well, chandeliers are like in mansions, and if it's death metal, it's obviously got to be made out of bones. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I don't know. Like, sometimes, yeah, it just comes from like just how the fucking music sounds, I guess, mm-hmm. as I'm mm-hmm. going along. Hmm.
2: What about for the vibes with the words themselves? Like, where do you think we acquire these these vibes? Because there are there are individual, right, to some extent. Like, what how one word vibes for one person would be different." Uh, like as metal fans or just as yourself as, as a metal lyricist, where do you feel like, um, these vibes that you get from words originate? Good question.
1: Really? I don't know. Where the hell do any connotations begin? I guess just by like, probably being young and like learning shit, honestly, you know what I mean? Like,
3: Mm.
1: and like when you learn things and like what you learn them from, I don't really know. I have, I have no idea. Uh, that is a really good question. I don't know. To be honest, I have no idea.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't either. That's why I was asking. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I
1: don't know. Like, uh, where the hell do they come from? You know, like. Well, I guess like it just depends on like what you learn mm-hmm. the words from, right? Like that's that's it for like person by person basis.
2: Mm.
0: Like, so, like the context that you encountered them in.
1: Yeah, exact, exactly, exactly.
0: Right.
2: So like Carcass's first few albums just completely messed with all of our brains in a way, like <laughs> created these links I, I, that I, were all
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 110% I think so at least cuz that's mm-hmm. like how I I think that's exactly why I associate like medical terms with fucking gore shit, you know, so mm-hmm. it was probably the early Carcass records, yeah.
0: So uh, we did also notice that you tend to employ strategic use of uh, repetition and rhyme, because as you mentioned before, you really like to integrate rhyme, right? So going back to Kicked, for instance, uh, we can see um, both of these in repeated use with uh, um, use of, um, yeah, with my boots, uh, metal toes, I deliver mortal blows. And on the new album, there are even more complex rhymes that break syllable symmetry, like sarcophagus lord, decimate the living horde. what do you think draws you to this kind of rhyme and repetition even this more non-standard form of rhyme and repetition
1: uh i just think that it makes a good sounding uh like song and vocal point mm. i don't know i just like have sort of always written like that even when i wasn't writing like death metal lyrics so i just uh think that rhyme and repetition or and like wordplay like like Typical like shit that like hip-hop like rappers would employ you know like to write good bars I think that are Mm. it's probably not too dissimilar to like writing death metal shit so I just always try to incorporate that stuff and I don't know I just really I really do really really like uh, lyrics that rhyme Mm. and especially like non-standard rhymes I think that shit is cool too and like fucking uh, you know, like a word that doesn't really quite rhyme or like it does in like a death metal way. Like I think that shit's cool too. I don't know. Mm.
2: Is there, so like you have, um, and this is something that some bands do and kind of some bands don't, is that a lot of your songs do repeat the name of the song multiple times within the track. Does that come from, like, do you write the name of the track and then work it into the song? Or do you say, oh, this line's come up a bunch of times in the song. Let's make it the title of the track.
1: Mm-hmm. Almost always i probably always the uh the first way like um like either like a a line will just be like that's a good line like that should be Mm -hmm. the title uh i would say definitely on the new album almost all the songs titles are the chorus right it's Mm -hmm. like the part of the song that like repeats it never changes it just makes sense to me like it should be the title I mean, I guess, you know, if it is like that every time, maybe it gets old. So I don't know if it will always be like that. But at least on the new record, that's how it is. Uh, um, our other music, I always try to have the title at least be, like, the part of the song that's, like, the most badass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, in a way, like, I kick and I kick and I kick. Like, kicking and protruding guts part. Not that we we don't ever say kicking and protruding guts in the song. But, like, you know, it's, like, it has their refrain. I kick and I kick and I kick. So... Uh, I don't know. It's just it's different every time. But uh, I would say like sometimes, dude, like sometimes the uh, song title even could come first. I'm just like, that's a great title for a song. And then you got to kind of fill it in from there with like the verses and the verses are always kind of like a meat of the story of, of my songs. So I don't know.
0: Well, we talked a lot about like similarities that we've observed across your lyrics, but one kind of key difference that we had a look at um, you know, emerged between the lyrics on the two albums, uh, and this is in the area of swearing because um, on your first record, um, there's five uses of fuck, um, as in my fucking axe, you're fucked, and spewing fucking vile, and one use of shit. Uh, the new album, though, only uses the word damn and um, only in repetitions of the phrase the book of the damned you know uh, so not exactly what we might consider like a traditional swear word right so do you right, constantly right, right. decide to reduce the um yeah did you actually consciously decide to reduce the amount of swearing when writing the new album
1: no um i believe the very first time we ever used fucking in a song was uh on phantasmal festering and that song actually was on our second demo as well so uh and, um, it's the part that's, like, this big, like, all instruments drop out and it's just guitar is tapping, like,
3: dun, 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 dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. and then Alex goes, crushing the fucking skull, or some shit like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, it didn't actually go like that at first. Alex was like, we should put fucking in there, because mm-hmm. I think the line actually went crushing the skull, or, like, mm-hmm. they're just slower or something. So, uh... Like, I think that probably actually came from Alex. And I also think that on um, Shackles of Sanity, I believe the fucks in that one were also courtesy of Alex. Um, and, but starting the record off with Here's My Fucking Axe, I just thought that was, like, a really strong – I mean, it's a really goofy line and, like, pretty silly. But uh, I thought it was, like, a strong one just to start the record off mm. with. Um, so I don't know. And was it conscious to reduce the amount of swearing on the new record? no and yes i just feel like the songs were even a slightly a bit more fantastical on the new record and like i feel like the more fantastic like they don't yeah like i guess like first person point of view songs about violence i think that fuck could fit in really well but i don't necessarily know if fuck fits into like skeleton songs <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it does have an impact sometimes though. Like on the, um, on the last Cannibal Corpse album, I just remember the, the first track has that part where it's just like, I don't remember any lyrics, but it goes, no fucking reason. And then it just like, it just hits through the music, right? Is there, so is there like a, um, obviously metal fans are not like, ooh, you said the bad word. I'm, I'm going to turn this off. But you know, it, I guess, is there kind of an impact to it, even to people that are desensitized? And on the other hand, Absolutely. On that question, can you use it too much? yes
1: 100 percent
2: 110 percent i think more
1: than a couple an album you're really getting on nice on um, too many fucks <laughs> but uh but yeah dude candle corpse uses the fuck to such great extent you like hmm. uh like yeah because i mean like whenever what, what do you say when you're pissed off you say fuck and if you're hmm. really pissed off you're gonna be like fuck <laughs> <laughs> so uh i think that yeah i definitely think so and like I don't know, like the energy of like what you're saying comes through in like your performance as a vocalist, right? Mm-hmm. I mean like so I think that you know George probably gets mad stoked when he's in the booth, like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I don't know. I don't know. I think I think so though. I definitely think that saying the word fuck is pretty striking. Uh yeah, I think it's a good one.
0: So, like, what happens then if you use it too often? You are saying, like, you know, if you use it more than a couple of times across one album, like, you kind of want Thin Ice. Like, what, you know, what do you think is the it's issue so, with using it too much?
1: Ah, uh, it's just cheesy, I think. It's too cheesy. Okay. It's hmm. too cheesy. It's like, uh, I don't know how to back up my comment of saying it's too cheesy. Like, I can't really divulge more than it. I just look at it or I hear it. Because you hear it, you know what I mean? It's like, mm. it's mm-hmm. fuck. Like, it sticks yeah. out over everything, like you were saying. So, you just keep hearing it and hearing, it, and it's like, all right, guys, this is fucking goofy
0: <laughs> <laughs> is it like i don't know does he um do we lose a bit of the impact if you use it too much
1: i definitely think so yeah and uh, like uh, you know what it comes off as like uh juvenile in a way i mean i'm saying mm-hmm. that as a fucking person who plays in a death metal band as <laughs> an adult man like yeah i think that saying fucking your death metal song too much is a bit juvenile frankly <laughs> <laughs>
2: But you do like it does have still, as you said, you know, a bit of impact. Why do you think these terms like fuck and shit and stuff are able to maintain some impact, even to people like us that have, you know, willfully absorbed or been in areas where it's said for for decades now?
1: I think that it's got to be. I mean, think of like when you fire off a fuck or a shit or a damn or a goddamn, it's just like such a rapid fire of like emotion. And, like, uh, it's just, like, so intrinsically... Like, every culture has swear words and shit that you say, like, when, when you know, you're not feeling happy. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's just so linked to your subconscious that, in a way, you just hear it. Especially, like, being screamed by Corpse Grinder. Like, sure you know, uh, it just fucking hits <laughs> you
3: deep.
2: So, we have um just kind of one more prepared question. But before this started, you mentioned you wanted to discuss Head Splattered in Seven Ways. And uh which uh isn't out yet but it, just for people that haven't heard is i believe about getting shot in the face with a shotgun um you know what must... you think it's about that oh okay okay so we're <laughs> gonna get into it um but we did like we were reading this we did realize it was a bit uh it was different i guess because like you have dialogue in it you have conversations mm. so it did kind oh, of stand yeah, out to us um yeah. but yeah what did you 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 wanted to go into it so let's talk What 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 was the idea behind the song how did it come about
1: well the very first thing i'd like to mention and there's gonna be a lot of shit like this that comes up is the title of the song is mm-hmm. seven syllables head splattered in seven ways uh oh
2: shit yeah okay
1: So uh, yeah so um this is one where the song title came first and i believe i had the song title thought of for mad Long because like okay look it's a seventh track on the album mm-hmm. it's called head splatter in seven ways it's got seven syllables entitled the, the whole song is in seven except for the bridge which is in six but repeats seven part seven times so it's mm-hmm. like all you know like numerog- numerological uh and um the song this is a one for Undead that we've never done before like an idea it's like you're right it is a dialogue between two people and like setting wise it doesn't really say i guess but i've always imagined it taking place in like a like a law and order like uh interrogation room setting you know it's just like a fucking table and like white light and two people sitting across from each other and it's like the the first guy talking he thinks that this other guy did shoot someone in the head with a shotgun but uh you know and then it turns out that actually he didn't shoot him with a shotgun he used his mind powers to blow up his head and then he blows up the first guy's head in the song uh and then walks away and then it's like the victory live chorus again um <laughs> so yeah it's a fucking that's a goofy ass song i honestly like had the title for so long and like a lot of the riffs done and i just had no idea what to write it about and then i was like well I asked Alex, I was like, what, what should this song be about? And he's like, well, obviously it needs to be about a head splattering in seven ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, like, what, what's the meat? So I don't <laughs> know. I just tried to do something like a little different and like a little unexpected maybe. Um, probably could have been executed a little better, but we'll work on it.
2: <laughs> in read this, there's a lot of like, did you edit the lyrics to make like seven syllable lines? Because there's a bunch. There's a, you loaded it with two slugs uh that's where your no that one doesn't work sorry uh <laughs> never leave the ground again um and uh destroying what nature built there's a bunch of these that are actually seven syllables in the in the song is did these just happen or, or did you sit down and go i gotta work seven syllable uh lines into this
1: no honestly those probably just happen because of like you know the song's an odd meter so like you need mm. an odd amount of like uh, especially if every syllable is just like on an eighth note like you need you know seven syllables to, like fit a bar or, like whatever like oh watch like that so uh i don't know that's pretty cool though <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah okay so uh, i guess oh go ahead sorry talk about that no i'm sorry i, I just want to say that's really all i all i wanted to talk about with that song I just, uh, <laughs> lots of seven references and shit
2: i guess like kind of what made you want to do seven references if you get to the fundamental question there
1: uh oh you know where, where this thing came from actually is a Campbell corpse on five nails to the neck in mm-hmm. which they have some riffs in five like it's not as like at least, I mean, to my knowledge and like analysis, I don't think that it goes too far beyond just having a couple riffs and five. And like the song the title is Five Nails Through the Neck. Um, it could though, now that I'm thinking about it, actually might, but uh, but yeah, so I just was like, man, that's so sick! Like, and it's a fifth track on the album too, mm-hmm.
3: like,
1: it's so hard. Like, so what can we do? Like, and then, I don't know, I just thought of Head Splattered in Seven Ways and uh,
2: fleshed it out from there over a couple months. Be cannibal corpse of their own game, up the numbers by two. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no. I could never. Well, I will say one more thing is that the guy on the cover of the new records head is exploding into seven distinct parts as well. I want okay. To reference that.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great. I'm really glad you mentioned this because that's not like the syllable thing is not something that we picked mm-hmm. up on. Like, you know, we looked at the syllable count of individual words, but not, you know, collectively. So I think this is something we're going to have to look out for now. It's yeah, like counting these syllables. We <laughs> have to go,
2: go back and re-interview people.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So I guess then just to kind of wrap everything up in, in a tight little bow here, um, when we speak broadly, what do you feel is the role of language and lyrics in death's music? And what do you feel about the role of language and lyrics in metal more broadly?
3: Well, the
1: role of language and lyrics in undeath music is definitely to provide context for the riffs, and uh, you know, just uh the whole vibe, like I mean, everything about at least on death, like the whole package is sort of like tries to lend itself to the vibe. Like I feel like you can't have the songs without the cover art, you can't have the cover art without the songs, you can't have the lyrics without the riffs So it's just like it's just all really tied in and uh self-referential or something like that. And uh I, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, to provide the vibes, truly.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, in metal music as a whole, I mean, you're not going to have people growl about silly shit. So, like, they just need to be, I don't know, they're like a, they are like a, They carry the energy, you know, in a way. Like, the, they're totally representative of, like, I feel like how the song is supposed to make you feel. I mean, it's just the same as undeath you know? Like, undeath's a metal band. The metal lyrics are just, they're there to help curate the atmosphere and everything like that so at least i think they should be some people's aren't but whatever
0: well uh, we should also ask you um where can listeners find out more about undeath where where they can uh where can they listen to your music um yeah what's what's the go with that
1: check out undeathmetal.com uh that's our website you can Mm -hmm. find all our socials and music links and merch things there um and i mean uh we're real active on instagram and twitter uh hit us up there. I mean, we're we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok, shit like that. And we're not Mm -hmm. quite as active on those. So feel free to reach out if those are what you have. Uh, You can find all our music on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, YouTube, et cetera. Um, And you can buy records for Bandcamp. You can buy them on the prosthetic store. I believe Amazon has uh, their own variant. I think Mm -hmm. that Rough Trade in New York City has their own variant. So if you're a rare variant collector, looking out for those. Those are where you want to look.
2: And so the new awesome. album should be dropping quite soon after this interview. Um, is there like a tour or anything that's in plans or?
1: There is, and it will be announced by the time this interview is out, but I can't say, I mean, I get like I could, but maybe I, uh, yes, there will
3: yes. be. There <laughs> okay, cool. There.
0: Well, if we know it by the time we've released this, then we'll yeah. release that information <laughs> alongside the episode cool. yeah. How about that? <laughs> you
3: will,
2: you will for sure. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kyle. No, thank
1: you both for having me on. It was a really, really fun time. I'm sorry. Like, uh, I should have fucking done way more preparation, I guess. My bad. <laughs> no, right. you're all good. You, you know great what? As yeah, as it's so
2: not a test, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah um, it,
1: was a, it was a great time. Thanks. Yeah, we had a lot of fun too. Cool, perfect. Thank you both very much again. Thank you. All right, thanks. Have a great evening. Cool, yeah, you take it easy.
0: Thank you for listening to Lingua Rutalica. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kula Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging.